In his commentary on the book of Romans, Matthew Henry expresses profound admiration for the Apostle Paul in his epistles, which he likens to stars of the first magnitude in the New Testament. He views all of Scripture as a divine epistle to humanity, with Paul's contributions shining distinctively due to their depth, eloquence, and spiritual insight. Henry portrays the entire Bible as a celestial dispatch, yet he emphasizes the epistles, especially those penned by Paul, as particularly luminous, offering unique guidance and wisdom. Henry delves into Paul's personal transformation, describing his natural endowments as remarkably robust, characterized by keen perception, eloquent speech, fervent zeal, and unwavering determination. He contrasts Paul's initial zeal as a persecutor of Christians with his later fervor as an apostle, attributing this profound change to divine intervention. This transformation turned Paul from a fierce adversary into the foremost advocate of Christianity, making him an unparalleled figure in winning souls and preaching the gospel. Also, Henry notes the prolific nature of Paul's writings, recognizing the 14 epistles in the canon and speculating on additional letters that Paul might have written. He acknowledges these non-canonical works might have held doctrinal value, yet lacking divine inspiration, they were not preserved as scripture. Moreover, Henry addresses the alleged correspondence between Paul and the philosopher Seneca, mentioned by ancient scholars and still extant in his time. He dismisses these documents as likely inauthentic, suggesting they do not align with the spiritual depth and theological consistency of Paul's recognized writings. Overall, Henry's commentary reflects a deep reverence for Paul's spiritual journey, intellectual rigor, and theological contributions, portraying him as a pivotal figure whose writings continue to illuminate and guide believers in their faith. Furthermore, Henry accentuates its prominence and depth as a foundational Christian text, affirming its placement as the first epistle in the New Testament, not due to chronological order but due to its exceptional length, profound content, and the significance of its recipient, the Church in Rome. Henry remarks on the historical context of its writing around 56 AD from Corinth, as Paul mentions various individuals and locations indicating his whereabouts, such as Phoebe from the church at Sancrea and Gaius, his host in Corinth. The epistle is praised for its comprehensive treatment of deep theological mysteries, which according to Henry are both profound and challenging, as is characteristic of Paul's writings. The complexity and depth of these teachings often make parts of the text difficult to understand echoing a sentiment found in other biblical reflections on Paul's letters. Romans is structured in a typical Pauline fashion, divided into a doctrinal section, chapters 1, 11, laying out the theological framework, and a practical section, chapters 12, 16, guiding believers on how to live out these teachings. This structure asserts the epistle's dual purpose, to inform the intellect and to reform the life. Henry highlights the importance of practicing the Christian duties prescribed in the latter part of Romans as a means to truly understanding the doctrines discussed in the former part. This approach aligns with the biblical principle that deeper understanding and spiritual insight are attained through the active living out of one's faith. The epistle to the Romans is thus presented as a vital and rich source of Christian doctrine and ethical guidance, held in high esteem by both early church fathers and later commentators for its ability to instruct and transform the believer's life. Last but not least, Henry's exposition of the Epistle to the Romans is a comprehensive and theological analysis, diving deep into the essence of Christian doctrine and practice. He organizes the Epistle into three parts, doctrinal, practical, and concluding remarks. In the doctrinal section, Henry explicates the way of salvation, beginning with the foundation of justification. He indicates that salvation is not attained through Gentile works of nature or Jewish adherence to the law 
as both are under the curse of sin, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Chapters 1-4 This salvation journey includes subsequent steps, attaining peace with God, pursuing sanctification, and ultimately achieving glorification. Chapters 5-8 He also addresses the particular subjects of salvation, the elect, and the inclusion of both Gentiles and Jews, tackling the contemporary theological hurdles of justification by faith and Gentile inclusion in the Church. Chapters 9-11 The practical part provides a series of exhortations and directions. Henry gives guidance for living a Christian life, encompassing general advice for all followers of Christ. Chapter 12 Directives for behavior within civil society. Chapter 13 And instructions for mutual relations among church members. Chapters 14 and 15 1. 14 Concluding the exposition, Henry personalizes his commentary by offering an apology for his writing, sharing insights into his personal ministry, and expressing his hope to visit the Romans. In addition, he requests prayers for his journey, extends greetings to various individuals within the church, cautions the believers against divisive persons, and concludes with blessings and praises to God. Chapters 1514-1627 Throughout, Henry maintains faith in Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of salvation, the transformative power of divine grace, and the importance of Christian unity and moral conduct. In conclusion, Henry, in his commentary on the Book of Romans, offers profound reverence and insightful analysis of the Apostle Paul's epistle, considering it as a brightly shining star among the New Testament writings. He regards all of Scripture as a divine letter to humanity, with Paul's contributions standing out due to their depth and spiritual insight. Henry details Paul's transformative journey from a vehement persecutor of Christians to a devoted apostle, attributing this dramatic shift to divine intervention and celebrating his role in spreading Christianity. Further, Henry acknowledges Paul's natural abilities, including keen perception and eloquent speech, which were magnified following his conversion. He reflects on the prolific nature of Paul's writings, acknowledging the canonical epistles and speculating about potential additional letters. He dismisses the authenticity of alleged correspondence between Paul and Seneca, suggesting a lack of alignment with Paul's spiritual depth. Besides, Henry dives into the significance of Romans as a foundational Christian text, noting its placement in the New Testament due to its length, profound content, and the significance of its recipient, the Church in Rome. He comments on its writing context around 56 AD from Corinth, pointing out the comprehensive treatment of deep theological mysteries. Romans is appreciated for its dual structure, a doctrinal section outlining theological frameworks and a practical section on living out these teachings. Henry reiterates the importance of practicing Christian duties to truly understand and integrate the doctrines. Additionally, in his exposition, Henry organizes Romans into three parts, doctrinal, practical, and concluding remarks. He discusses salvation, justification by faith, and the inclusion of Gentiles and Jews in the church. The practical section provides guidance for Christian living, including advice for general conduct, behavior within society, and relations among church members. He concludes with personal notes, prayer requests, greetings, and admonitions against division. Throughout, Henry repeats faith in Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of salvation, the transformative power of divine grace, and the necessity of Christian unity and ethical conduct. His commentary is a testament to the enduring impact and complexity of Paul's writings, which continue to guide and enlighten believers.